Welcome to Interface, the podcast from TAS ICT. Presented by Steve Adaman, Chief Executive Officer of TAS ICT, the peak industry body for the information, communication and technology sector. In the first edition of the Interface podcast from TAS ICT, I've tracked down the Minister for Science and Technology in Tasmania, Michael Ferguson. Thanks for being a part of the first episode, Minister. Uh, it's really great, Steve, to join you. And yeah, please call me Michael. But look, it's great to join you for Interface. And it's a great innovation that you've developed. And yeah, I look forward to some feedback from it too. Well, since the onset of COVID-19, we've all been hearing terms like unprecedented times. Uh, we're all in this together, the new norm. So let's start a, and talk about how things will look in Tasmania as we come out of the worldwide pandemic. Uh, late last year, you released a proposed pathway for digital transformation. So I'll start by asking, what is the latest on the Tasmanian government's Our Digital Future strategy? Well, thank you, Steve. And this has actually been a key piece of work where we've been seeking as a government really to, to encapsulate all of our efforts um, as a government, but together with the business community and our IT, ICT sector specifically, but thirdly, um, what has been, I think, sometimes the missing leg on the stool has been where the community has uh, strong linkages as well. So we're very close to releasing that. I would describe it as release is imminent. And the good thing about it is that it's not just the government's own work. It is called our digital future. It is the Tasmanian government's strategy for digital transformation. But it takes into account those points I've just made about the business and the ICT sector and the community. I'm really grateful for the engagement that we've had from your organisation, Steve, you in particular and your board, but also the um, the summit that we held together and really got some fantastic engagement. So it's very close. Um, we're just putting the finishing touches to it and uh, you'll be the first to learn of its release and uh, make sure that we get it out to your members. And if I can just emphasise that from a government point of view, we've got a long way to go in building our maturity of our assets our uh, infrastructure and our service delivery. From an economy point of view, we've got great opportunity to continue to grow Tasmania's reputation for its innovation and the skill base that we have here, but there's some maturing that can occur there as well. And from a community point of view, uh, I'm very strongly of the view that uh, we need to continue to support people who are on the margins of society, who aren't strong with technology or who feel threatened or uncomfortable with it. And that's why I think uh, you'll see some good initiatives there to support people to feel more included and to indeed be more equipped to uh, do well and survive in an uh, increasingly digital world. If I'm not speaking out of school, I understand that that strategy document uh, was approved by Cabinet, but considering the COVID-19 impact, uh, you've had to sort of revise that and just look at it again, uh, considering our circumstances. <laughs> Well, you, I can't comment on Cabinet, uh, but I'll just say that you're, you're a pretty well-informed individual, Steve, and, uh, and I look forward to releasing that document. And some of the elements that we've added to it that understand that the society and the community that we live in has actually been significantly disrupted by COVID-19. And so we've added some extra effort in, in respect of that and to assist the Tasmanian economy to respond and rebound and get our economy moving as strongly as it was prior to the pandemic. 
while we're speaking about COVID-19. That disruption is the business community searching for technology-led solutions. What initiatives do the Tasmanian government believe will help most during this recovery period? It's a huge team effort, Steve, and you know, I could go into such significant detail and I think every government minister would do the same because there's in every possible way, the government has been pivoting to support and sustain businesses, you know, to get through this time. And it was more of a survival strategy. And as you'll remember from uh, conversations and the way that the Premier uh, handled this in, in such a strong and powerful way with our whole cabinet. It was in March, we were talking about supporting businesses to hibernate during a period that we thought might be even longer than six months, uh, where there might indeed be progressively, you know, complete shutdowns. And I'm really pleased, and I think you are too, that three months later, we've really uh, come out of this in terms of the emergency you know, the most forceful shutdowns, we've come out of those and we're now into graduated easing of restrictions. And so we, we're not getting ahead of ourselves and we're not claiming victory just yet, but it's it's actually only three months in, not six or nine or 12 months. But now we've had to work with the Commonwealth to make sure that we continue to maintain a sense of safety and social distancing, but also to ensure that businesses that can operate uh, should operate and that they are stimulated. So massive infrastructure projects being brought forward across a range of different industry sectors, pr uh, principally, of course, construction and civil construction, um, houses, government buildings, even partnerships uh, with local government. And I think one of the biggest game changers, of course, has been the federal government's uh, initiatives around Job Seeker uh, to support people who'd lost work but of course, JobKeeper, which has been an absolute uh, game changer. It's actually kept businesses alive. It's kept household incomes relatively stable, and it's actually maintained uh, a continuity between an individual employee and their business. We're moving though beyond just a survival strategy into um, economic rebound. I've talked about the stimulus initiatives and there's more to come. The federal government will be doing more and we're working with them on designing some initiatives for our state and it's therefore for the federal government uh, to announce those in due time but it, it won't be far away uh, but i just want to encourage tas ict and your members to be involved with the premier's social and economic recovery advisory council being chaired by don challen ex-head of treasury and look we just want uh, that group of very committed Tasmanian businessmen and women to give great advice to government about the things that the state needs to seize hold of so that we can really propel ourselves into a strongest possible economic recovery. Well, it wouldn't be a government initiative without an acronym. It's PESRAC that you referred to there. And yes, TAS ICT has become uh, involved in that and we, one of the initiatives that we believe the Tasmanian government might take this opportunity to invest a little bit more in its uh, ICT infrastructure. Well I'd only agree and we've been doing that as a Liberal government now for the six years since we were elected but we've got uh, critical I suppose legacy issues that we've targeted as the first priorities in those six years and We've seen some of those investments really paying off. And um, if you'll forgive me for not going into specific detail, but some of our agencies have had some, some major risk areas that we have closed the gate on. And uh, I feel very satisfied with our efforts with that. But we are still playing catch up in relation to some of the digital transformation that we want 
uh, to occur. And so it's, I think I appreciate your urging and your encouragement on this. And, uh, and of course, we'll continue to look at what are our next priorities, because what we want to be able to do is make sure that our own uh, internal to government systems are safe and secure and robust, that we've built uh, redundancy that we've never had before, and being aware of the uh, the uh, the ongoing and the evolution of cyber risk going forward to make sure that we're well defended. And we're doing more in relation to um, equipping and supporting not just um, the hardware software, but also the behaviours of our staff, the people who use government services and the broader community so that they have a greater capability to see and um, and to protect their own risk. But yeah, I think we've got a lot to do in the in the transformation space, and I'm particularly keen on that so that we can be providing more services online. That's what the public want. That's what I want. That's what you want. Uh, and my quick other comment on this, Steve, would be that we've actually got um, uh, a group of ICT ministers around the country now meeting as the Australian uh, Digital and Data uh, Council, and we never had that before. And so we've got that and we're increasingly working together so that each state and territory isn't you know, reinventing their own wheel. And I hope that we can see some output from that collaboration, which will mean solutions be rolled out um, in multiple jurisdictions um, uh, rather than the historical approach where everybody's doing their own thing. Well, that's great to hear. And you mentioned evolution. Tasmania once led Australia when they introduced Service Tasmania in the 90s, which consolidated customer services for all uh, the Tasmanian government agencies. Uh, what barriers have stopped that taking the next logical step and consolidate those services to make it easier for people to, to use those services online rather than stand in a queue in a Service Tasmania outlet? Yeah, well, I think there's a few areas there. Uh, one would be the legacy issues that uh, that we haven't really always uh, been ahead of the game at all. I think some of the other bigger states do lead the game and we should be learning some lessons from, for example, New South Wales, who've got some fantastic work. Uh, I think our size and scale has sometimes been an impediment. I certainly believe that the lack of a robust digital identity that we have in Tasmania, I think that's I think that's been a weakness and you'll know you know, if you've got a fishing licence, a driver's licence, a car registration, maybe uh, as a school parent of children, um, you know, all of those systems that you might interact with government in systems that we do have online, you know, you've got separate identities in all cases. And so knowing uh, that having that government to citizen uh, identity link, I think that's been absent. It's still absent. And it's something that the Australian Data and Digital Council are actually working on right now so that we can leverage off some of the good work that the federal government have done around MyGov, for example. So I'm exploring that on behalf of Tasmanians so that we can have more mature systems to start with to allow, to then allow government agencies to, to utilise and, and do their own digital transformation. And why shouldn't uh, we have one identity for our driver's licence, our fishing licence and our children's school reports? Um, the other one, of course, would be uh, the fact that uh, you know, we've had to make investments predominantly as a, as, a, as a Liberal government in our six years that we've been in office already, uh, really have been around closing the gate on some key and critical risks. Uh, there have been cyber risks. I've never been prepared to discuss them publicly, but they were pretty pretty concerning, underinvestment over decades. And, um, and we've now got a, a far more resilient and robust uh, set of services and infrastructure. But, you know, now we need to be taking 
more of our services online, just like, as you say, Service Tasmania did with its shop fronts in that very innovative way in the 1990s. You also mentioned uh, data and security, the effective management of the internal and external exchange of data could lead to better cybersecurity and more efficiencies. So are we any closer to having like a central portal of Tasmanian government data? Uh, We're still, that wouldn't be an immediate priority for us, but we have developed a government data policy. Again, it was absent uh, when I came to this role. We now have that. And so agencies now have a unified uh, government policy that they're expected to uh, operate under. And it it involves sharing data much more freely and being proactive with it. Uh, For example, each year we have GovHack, which is a great event. I've always supported it. It's fantastic. It's It's a way of actually testing how how effective that release of data has been. Uh, No doubt there's a way to go. We haven't yet developed a Tasmanian specific uh, data portal, but I don't think that that's an impediment in itself to the release of government data. Um, But for me, uh, I I, I just totally accept that that your question is the right one uh, because we absolutely had to rebuild our cloud and data storage solutions in this state and we have done that and I'm very proud of it. Again, it's something that I haven't talked a lot about publicly because it, it, it sort of fixed a lot of um, a lot of historical uh, weaknesses and uh, a physical and and virtual risk that we that we inherited. We've addressed that, we've closed the gate. Uh, we're much more resilient and uh, of course we're with your help and your members' help, Steve, we've uh, we've been rebuilding our cloud policy for Tasmania, and I'll certainly be having more to say about that in the very near future, in tandem with uh, the release of our digital strategy. The Tasmanian government and government business enterprises are easily the largest buyers of ICT in Tasmania. So, what do you believe can be done to help the local industry procure government contracts and and plan for future requirements? Well, it's an important question. Uh, when we came to office, uh, again, Tasmania didn't have a, a structural policy approach that's, that gave any kind of preference to Tasmanian businesses. And we've changed that. And through the Treasurer's instruction, uh, we've mandated that uh, local benefits test needs to be applied to all government procurements um, and tenders. So that's, that's been employed. And uh, about a year and a half ago, we actually doubled the number of points that would be awarded for that local benefits test from 10 to 20. So um, that's, uh, that's actually led specifically and directly, that has led to a greater proportion of uh, government contracts being uh, given to Tasmanian businesses. Don't have the figure on the top of my head, but it's, it's, it's above 85%. It could even be in the 90s. Uh, and a recent update that we had on the first quarter of this year, I think had it at about 94%. So it's actually been working. It's been working and pushing the needle in the right direction. But I'm sure that individual sectors, including ICT, will say uh, that there's room to improve. And so we're diligently working uh, to uh, shape some change here. Steve, the summit that uh, TAS ICT and myself co-hosted last November was on this very subject. And so we've been listening to the community, to the, you know, to the TAS ICT membership, to the ACS membership, the wider community, and uh, been consulting through Treasury. Now, COVID definitely has interrupted that, um, but we'll continue this dialogue and we'll be refreshing some of our ICT procurements uh, when the panel is next due for re- for uh, renewal. 
I think next year, and we'll certainly have more to say well before that renewal is uh, is to be uh, affected. And we certainly look forward to putting forward a few suggestions on how uh, we believe the processes could be improved. And I'm sure you're well aware of the, uh, the, the 2% levy that we're trying to get rid of and also the unlimited liability default position. But I, I guess we could take up a whole other episode uh, discussing the ins and outs of those. Steve, what, what if I just quickly said, look, because um, your members are listening, I want them to know you have provided that. Uh, that feedback and those suggestions, and they're being taken very seriously because I think that some of the some of the procurement methods that we have right now they sort of work, but they're also uh, there's a strong argument that they're not contemporary. So there's, the, everything that you've just said is on the table. We're having a very close look at ways that we can modernise, make sure that government uh, is getting good value for its taxpayer dollars that we're spending. Uh, for for these procurements, but also making sure that they work for our local industry is absolutely where we're at. I'm glad you mentioned the summits. In recent years, the Tasmanian government has conducted two ICT industry summits, one mid-year, usually in the north, and the other in conjunction with the TAS ICT conference at the end of the year. Will these summits go ahead again this year, uh, if not in their traditional uh, manner around the table uh, as online events? Uh, the answer is yes, and uh, it's unfortunate that COVID has been a disruption for the first half of this year, but I'm uh, as committed as ever to this policy. I think that they've been very useful, and uh, we've also been able to target major themes that are of direct relevance. Uh, so we'll we'll absolutely be doing those, and I'm optimistic and of the view that we ought to be able to get those summits back on track and that they should be in person as well. Considering what we've been through with COVID-19 and people now working in a manner which they've never done before, NBN is very much on our mind. And although the major population centres in Tasmania enjoy fibre to the premises, many of the smaller cities and towns in Tassie are still fibre to the node. So could you see the state and federal governments perhaps take a leading role in lifting the quality of network access by encouraging say, a widespread take-up of fibre to the premises uh, at government sites in all areas, which would, of course, lead to other uh, businesses having access? Well, the answer to that is is effectively yes. That is the direction to continue to move in. I think that the NBN has been uh, very successfully uh, built in Tasmania. I know that there will always be different opinions about um, about the infrastructure. and uh, But what, what we've achieved in Tasmania has actually been empowering and is enabling uh, residences, businesses and government services right across the state to be far better equipped and productive and uh, to be included. Um, Flinders Island, for example, I, I had um, I had only earlier this week uh, some video conferences with the local council and some business community members over there and I was getting fantastic outcomes as a result of the investment that's been made through the federal and state government's investments with Telstra, separate to the NBN. And it was a reminder to me about what the infrastructure has been able to do in terms of transforming because that video conference could not have happened only two years ago and it's actually been a game changer. Uh, we'll be continuing to roll out enterprise grade uh, services using NBN infrastructure uh, to Tasmanian government sites, uh, specifically government schools, and also off the back of that, uh, independent and Catholic schools are, are being able to make similar um, investments and get similar outcomes as well. The deeper that we can make fibre go into the community, 
and there is a role, of course, for the private sector too, not just government, the more the community can ultimately then benefit to be able to hang off those uh, that extra that extra infrastructure and the extra bandwidth. So more access and a future upgrade path. So we are seeing that happen, Steve, and uh, I'm thrilled that, for example, even for, for uh, communities that are being served with fibre to the node, uh, there are services that can be uh, purchased uh, 100 down, 40 up plans. Now, depending on how far people are from their node, obviously there'll be a, uh, uh, a different efficiency there, but I am absolutely impressed with what has been able to be delivered in this state. What matters most is not just the infrastructure. What matters most is what we use it for and how we use it and how we innovate, how we support communities to, um, to take their next step to be equipped, to be skilled, and to use that technology to, to help their business get that contract, uh, to help get their goods to market, to help employ or to train their staff, and to look after school students. So I think this is going to be an ongoing effort for us forever. We're always going to have to make sure that we stay that mindset, uh, regardless of the infrastructure solution that's been chosen for a particular premise. And just recently, there's been a lot of talk around the Mariners project getting fast-tracked, and um, there's obviously a lot of benefit in us able to export power and energy and all those renewables via that. But will the Mariners project include another fibre link to the mainland when that second Bass Strait interconnector is in place? Absolutely. I mean, that's vital, and it's part of the monitoring for the health of the electricity interconnector as well, but it's an absolute no-brainer. You're absolutely right, and I have absolutely ensured from the beginning of the business case that that consideration was included. So the answer is yes, optical fibre cables will be installed um, in each of the uh, the components of Marinus Link, and that is part of the current business case. So uh, that that's only a good thing. Uh, not just for the energy security and export potential of Tasmanian um, electricity assets, but uh, but for our TAS ICT community as well. I think that's a very good question and a vital one, and the answer is uh, an absolute yes. Well, on that positive note, I've taken up a lot of your valuable time, but I, I must take this opportunity for a bit of blatant self-promotion. TAS ICT is looking forward to conducting another two networking events when we're able to gather in places and um, have a drink and discuss things on an informal uh, nature. Then drinks with the Premier and Minister are planned for later this year and we hope that TAS ICT members and others in the business community will be able to join us and uh, have these sort of conversations face to face. So um, thank you for your time today and we look forward to when we can get back together, have a drink and a more in-depth discussion. Yeah, and thanks, Steve. I look forward to joining you and your members at those uh, at those sessions as well. And thank you for the opportunity to have this really good discussion today. The Minister for Science and Technology in Tasmania, Michael Ferguson, been our guest on the very first edition of Interface. Interface.